Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Sunday, February 16th. In case you listeners can't tell, whatever bug is going around all of these teams here at the ITA Division I Men's National Team Indoor Championships, I seem to have caught it. My voice shot. That's a testament to how much fun Chris Haliores and I have been having in the booth doing the play-by-play broadcast for this Men's National Championship event. It could also be karma. little story for you guys to kick things off last night, and some of you may know my post-match routines. We'll leave that there because my mother's a listener. Chris, nothing out of you here. Um, but I was sauntering my way up the stairs, backpack on back, and I knocked over one of the pictures in our Airbnb. And this Airbnb has many pictures on the walls. We're talking, they're all black and white. All of them seem to have been snapped in the 30s, 40s. And I knocked Ruth right off her perch, and Chris heard it. He heard me go, I go, oh, no. And he heard the shattering. I'm like, no, guys, it's not me, but I think I killed Ruth. And I did. The picture frame glass broke in half, so I was devastated. Her sister, Jean, on the wall was giving me stink eyes all the way back up the stairs. It was just mortifying, so I think this voice being shot is penance for that. That being said, what an event we have experienced. Day two, quarterfinal action, top eight teams in the country here competing against one another. If you want upsets, you want 4-3 thrillers, you want drama, tension, all of the above, we got that and more. Joining me to break all of that down, you know him as the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula. Predictions never far from the listed UTR and one of the many dames who roots for the Liberty Flames. Chris Halioris. Chris, on my murdering of the Ruth photo. You were at the scene of the crime. Was I properly devastated? You were properly devastated. <laughs> it was it was quite an event. I, I loved I loved the initial It's okay, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Five second pause. But I think I killed Ruth. <laughs> well I just I heard it go down and her photo, that frame hit the, a couple of stairs on the yeah. way down, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> when I heard, I actually thought it was the laptop out of your bag, and I thought it was actually devastating until it was just Ruth. No, as long as it wasn't Westoff's laptop, we at Cracked Records will be okay, but it was traumatic. I, it certainly was a nightcap that I think we deserved after the up and downs, the momentum shifts we saw all day, just sort of encapsulates. We always had to be on our toes expecting something new. Before we break down that action, I want to let you listeners know that these podcasts are made possible by our friends at Diadem. Diadem at the forefront of racket shrink technology. You know the deal by now. I finally got my hands on one at the beautiful Kentucky Open when we were there. I saw the pros using them. I was like, oh my god, it's more pros. It's spreading. So you want to be ahead of the curve. You don't want to be the guy who you know, everyone's into this thing now and you're like, okay, I'll try that. I I was late to the Game of Thrones bandwagon and I regretted it forever. Uh, You don't want to be late to the Diadem bandwagon, so get on that now. And if you use our promo code CR50, 50% off your order. So, you know, it makes sense for your wallet. It makes sense for your tennis game. Just get that done, listeners. Come on. That being said, speaking of getting the job done, these teams here this weekend, Chris, I mean, the level of competition has been outstanding. Oh, it's been it's been tremendous, and we got to, to witness some matches yesterday, and it's across the board where we, we'll get into in one of them where we're seeing matches that aren't at number one and two that we're watching going, holy cow, this is like the level here. Number one, number two players, th- this would be a number one match at 80% of your D1 schools. I mean, Seelig versus Estafalu last night for that Ohio State Wake match sort of epitomizes That's that. That's exactly perfectly. the match I'm thinking. I mean, it was th- those first two sets, the level that we saw in those two sets – 
from both guys was unbelievable. Yeah, so let's get right into that match. Reverse order today as we break down our quarterfinals. We're going to pr- break down the two quarterfinals that played to set up one of our semifinal matches. We'll preview that semifinal and then talk about the other set of results as well. The match we have to start with, Chris. Our nightcap last night, number one seeded Ohio State Buckeyes in a national championship rematch from last year at the indoors took on the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. We said from the get-go, and yesterday when you made your prediction on our podcast, it was there. You know, I do have moments always, at least one a pod, where I'm like, "Dang, I wish I said that, Chris." Like that, it was a good take. Your take on Wake Forest potentially upsetting Ohio State, I believe you picked it four three. It was a phenomenal take, and the fact that they started out and almost stole the doubles point from the Buckeyes that set the tone right away. Yeah, I mean, even even with the pick where I said I I think they could do it, so I'll take them. I said. They're still going to lose the doubles point. And I thought they'd lose the doubles point routinely, just as good as as, as Ohio State's been and, and not for Wake. And holy cow, did they come out. They, they'd go down early breaks at one and three, and, and three kind of got away from them. But they managed to get, when they got that break back on one and got that match squared back on serve again, I thought, oh, holy cow, here we go. And, yeah, that, that was really right right down to the wire uh, and then that crazy crazy over the net you know crossing the net call oh. and the game that I mean I believe that was the game that they got Nava, broken right right cross yes yeah, Squ- Squire hit a big serve Nava had a put away they were up 30 love too it would have been a 40 love point but because they the line judge says no you reached over the net and to be honest it did look like he reached over the net but that's something that had been going on routinely respectfully over a couple of courts, so it's not a call you see made usually. I do think it was the right call, but that, you know, it was 30 love, that call is made, and the Buckeyes jump right back on him and break. You're right, it was the momentum shifter. Yeah, and I don't, again, like, I think you're right. I think it was probably the right call because we looked down and we saw the side opposite the chair was Anthony sitting on the bench, one of the officials, who was right on the net and clearly saw it. They looked over at Anthony. He said, yeah, he was over the net. But, and, you know, both both players and Coach Bresky shaking their heads. And I don't think probably shaking their heads in, no, he wasn't. I think shaking their heads in, come on, that's like nobody ever calls that. It probably happens once in every match with a little touch. Adrian Foucher, Mitchell Frank, national championship. Where was it, 2013, the first Virginia one? That was when he touched the net. Like, that's like the only time I can ever think of that call being made but you're right that was a a big moment and I think if you're coach Tony Bresky by the way just from the start because I think this is a point that will be emphasized throughout this uh, recap is the coaching contrast in this match was fascinating and obviously in coach Tony Bresky for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons coach Ty Tucker uh, for the uh, for the Cracked Interviews podcast for Ohio State and of course we've had both on the Cracked Interviews podcast multiple times so be sure to go give those a listen if you want to learn more about them. They're two of the most fascinating characters in the game, and they're polar opposites. Ty Tucker, you're never going to find someone more intense. You're never going to find someone who cares more, doesn't want to lose under any circumstances, just so anxious, so de- desperate to win, and not in a bad way. That's just what he wants more than anything. He's the most competitive guy you'll ever meet. And then you have the stone-cold fox in Tony Bresky. Even-keeled, calm, keeps his team upbeat, positive, But he's a killer. I mean, he is out there to win. He will have his guys playing their best tennis. And even though Wake Forest dropped that doubles point, and ultimately it was Selig and Kingsley 6-3 at the number three position, then McNally and Cash 7-5 at one. It was a breaker on two uh, when that match at one finished. I think Coach Bresky said, look, guys, we didn't even expect to be in that doubles point. We have them. We can beat this team tonight. And Wake Forest came out rocking in singles. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the start that, that they got uh, and then some of the turns that they got in other matches. I mean, it, it, the, the first set seemed to be going okay, and then all of a sudden they get down at five and six. Sure. They get some late first set drama, and both of them go the direction of Ohio State. And all of a sudden you, kinda, you start to get the feeling, oh, okay, yeah, Ohio State really is going to go. And then, boom, they come. I mean, Sid Banthia comes out the second set just, I mean, that had to be a 20-minute second set, six love over cash. Nava gets an early break uh, on Trotter to take the lead. Squire is is starting to come back uh, on two against Kingsley. And all of a sudden, you know, Wake is in every match. And on top of that, uh, 
body over Boulay gets a quick a quick win to actually even things up on the scoreboard and then Botzer ends up putting up a point on McNally and all of a sudden you look up and Wake is up 2-1 and the other four matches are all tight. And it was 2-1 Wake for a while. And by the way, Westoff, I know we're live on video, but I need a breaking, or I don't know if we're live, but I need a breaking news sound effect from you. because Guess what I just watched? <laughs> it's we're, Okay, this is the second pot in a row where we've done this, so it's going to be a little bit weird. Uh, we are located right near the men's room, and so we can see who's walking in and out. And this is not an examination of what they're doing in there, but I just wa- saw University of Michigan's Matthias Seymour walk into the men's oh, room. Oh, he's here. So there he is. Like we have him on. That's him, right? Isn't it? Yeah. It does. Well, look. you would know the difference between he and his brother. Yeah, I, I think that was him. So it looks like he is on site today. Uh, so that is an interesting thing to keep in mind, Chris, when we get to that match. But to your point, yes, Wake Forest, I mean, they, they got up to one. First of all, their team, they roll like 14, 15 deep. It was loud. Very last loud. Night. Very and loud. That, you know, noise bequeaths more noise, but more and more and more and more. Um, and, you know, that brought out the noise for Ohio State. It was intense. It was, you know, the tension was so high in the building. The calls were getting closer, and, you know, players were jawing at one another. It's everything you want out of a national quarterfinal. Uh, but simply put, I think the lesson is, and we talked about it, Breski kept his guys so calm, but Tucker just kept his guys so intense, so focused. I'm not saying one works better than the other, but it was just, you know, Kyle Selig after Estoflu battles back. I think Selig was up 5-3 in that second set he after was. winning the first. Estoflu battles back, ends up taking that second 7-5. He tracked down everything, but Kyle Selig broke him. He just wore him down. If Stafflu was not able to keep that level up for another set, Selig, we said it before the tournament, we think that's the lock of the tournament, him at four. And Tucker, again, you know, he came through in the clutch there. He lost a match earlier this season. His team had gotten away with that. Uh, but here we had we saw McNally lose to Botzer. We saw freshman Justin Boulez lose a match to another freshman, Taha Badi, who, according to the records, we saw now 2-0 in his career uh, against Boulez. But they needed their redshirt senior to come through. He did. That was point number two. They also needed their sensational freshman, Cannon Kingsley, to come through. That was a back-and-forth three-set match. I think uh, Body went up, but Body, excuse me, Henry Squire went up 2-0 in that third set. Kingsley brings it all the way back to 4-2 Kingsley, then 4-all, 5-all, and then ultimately Kingsley gets the hold and the break for 7-5, or the, I think, yeah, went hold, then break to win 7-5. And then it was 3-2. There were two matches left on court pretty quickly. Sid Banthia uh, knocked off Robert Cash. That actually may have even finished right before the Kingsley match. Three all. And right as that uh, Kingsley match was ending, uh, Eduardo Nava had broken James Trotter again, was serving for the set. Or no, had gotten broken. So Trotter was now serving 4 5. And Nava breaks Trotter 6 4. All eyes turn to court 5. Yeah, I mean, that was just. Uh, first, let me go back and say, I think. The momentum swings were crazy. And people want to look at this match and probably and think, yeah, so, you know, maybe maybe we caught Ohio State. Uh, you know, they didn't they didn't play their best and it gave Wake a chance. No, for those for the people that want to say Wake lost Petros and they lost Borna and it's going to be down, this Wake team is good. That's the takeaway yeah, for sure. This is not a Ohio State had a had an off day and let Wake compete. This is a Wake is that good. Do not do not think that because they lost those guys that that they're not good. And, I mean, I had not just me watching. I had other coach. I had coaches texting me that were watching, especially the end of this match. I went one in particular that said I had no idea Eduardo Nava was this good. He was playing unbelievable. I mean, his servant forehand are weapons. When he makes, I mean, he he sprays. Let's be clear that. And ultimately, James Trotter, who deserves so much credit. I mean, Ty Tucker was on him. For the entire four hours of this match, Tucker didn't move from the five and six singles positions the whole time. Bresky was there as well. So, again, two minds clashing the whole way. Uh, it was everything you want from a college tennis match and more. Trotter ultimately, his serve, his forehand. I think whenever Nava would throw a slice out there, that's just when Trotter attacked, attacked, attacked. That's why the Buckets are always so good indoors. Tucker teaches them to do that. Uh, but ulti- you know, and ultimately they come through. But I agree. The takeaway, first of all, 
What an effort from the Buckeyes to survive last night. You know, it's a national championship rematch, so both teams inspired a lot of returners for Wake, Sea Lake McNally, but a lot of those bench guys for the Buckeyes returning as well. So there were new stars, but you know, Trotter saw that match last year. He was there. They, you know, those no uh, no feelings held or no uh, no love lost is the expression I'm looking between these two teams. And it was a thriller, but I do agree with you. Wake's right there. And I mean, they don't even have that many seniors. I think Nava's the only guy they'll lose from the singles lineup next year. Uh, this is a really talented, dangerous team. And it's not even a, well, it was indoors and Wake's an outdoors team. No, Wake can play inside. Uh, but, I mean, they're they're dangerous. Yeah, the, there's no question. I'll tell you, the, uh, my other takeaway from this match, my favorite college tennis dad slash fan to watch <laughs> during the match now Mr. Seeley. Oh my god. No question. He is He let out some roars. Uh, he is the he's the mirror image of me except clearly much stronger. <laughs> and but he cannot watch a match without watching the point turning away in angst just pacing walking back and forth and then coming back and that's even after Kyle's match was done he's sitting there watching the finish with uh, with Trotter on 5 and just like you know he and Ty together put put the pedometer on him, and uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, Ty Tucker easily hit the four-mile mark in yesterday's <laughs> match. I mean, for four hours, yeah, he definitely was pacing that much. But that, you know, and I want to say on the ceiling note, yeah, I, I saw Mrs. Seelig after that second set. I was like, I, you know, we've been chatting a little bit. I was like, I've never seen someone who needs a hug more than you right now. You guys are so intense. And so it did flip the script. Power of an Alex Gruskin hug. Ladies out there, you heard that. Um, but... That gets us to the semifinal they're going to play, and we spent as long as we did on that Ohio State Wake match because it was the best match of night number of day number two. With all due respect, introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe. More than just a tennis shoe, it's a fusion of '90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology. With its sleek mid-cut silhouette, it's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. And they're going to match up with a UNC team who put forth the best performance, in my opinion, of day number two, routing the Florida Gators 4-0. And yes, some of the singles matches got close, but predominantly it was all North Carolina in this one, Chris. I mean, from the onset of doubles. Yeah, I mean, inevitably you're going to have some matches get close, but honestly, this match... From the point singles started, never felt like it was close. North Carolina came out, they they took the doubles point, which we it it was going to be interesting to watch because we knew how impressive North Carolina had looked in doubles, and Florida had had success this year, so we wanted to see what they could do. They went down early breaks and just never really got back in it. Dropped the doubles point, and the thought was, well, they better start, they better get together in singles, and North Carolina just jumped out early, and we never even had a chance to get that, okay, here comes that momentum swing. Florida's going on their 10- or 15-minute push, and all of a sudden we're going to see the boards get tight. It just never happened. North Carolina put the pedal down and didn't look back. And I do think this match, as opposed to our first one, it did make a difference. We were inside. Oliver Crawford versus Will Blumberg is a different matchup if there's any introduction of win. But in perfect conditions, Will Blumberg is the best player here this weekend. He, I said I was talking with Cody and Caroline, our friends at the ITA. And again, shout out to them, to PlayStation, for making this opportunity possible. Yes, my voice is shot, but... I've never felt better. Like, I, I'm not sick at all. I'm ready to go today, folks. Um, but you talk about, uh, and I said to them, I was like, look, and it was sad. It was right after they played. And I said, Will Blumberg's winning most outstanding player of this tournament. I don't care if his team loses today to Ohio State. He has been so good. And today, he and Cernok hold on against Crawford and Riffis. They get an early break, just hold serve from there, 6-4. We said their best, you know, we asked, would you rather have Blumberg serving and Cernok at the net or Cernok serving and Blumberg at the net? And we agree, it's having Blumberg at the net. He's just dominant up there. He crosses. He, You know, you pass him down the line once, he laughs. It's like, wow, congratulations, you hit a pass. Try doing that again. And you can't because he's everywhere. He's been playing that well. For the Carolina, I think we both agree they've looked the best in doubles. The fact that Rinky Hijikata, their sensational freshman, Ben Seguin, are playing three. They've won both of their matches. They've lost a total of one game. 
And so 6-1-6-0 yesterday against Bali and Goodger, who have looked good this year. Um, they just made it look easy in doubles. And then in singles, you're right, first sets from Blumberg, Rinky, Peck, Cernak, and Sondergaard. We, our question we keep posing, would you rather have a doubles point and two first sets or four first sets in singles? And for them, it was like, ah, oh, we're going to take the doubles point and five first sets. And honestly, there was a point yesterday where Will Blumberg, and I'm sorry for going as long as I did, and uh, Cody yesterday, as a joke, says, are you okay after that Blumberg match because I was so ogling uh, his performance? I mean, he, like when he'd miss, he would chuckle and be like, ha, I can't believe I missed. Like, I'm not missing today. That's a joke. Uh, and because he just wasn't missing, Chris. And it's not that he's not missing. It's that he's not missing to him is missing within, you know, six inches of the line. Yeah, I recommend you ball. watch the video because Chris gave his approximation. So, yes, yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, this far, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every ball was, whether it was the baseline, the sideline, he just, he's painting lines and, and painting lines with, you know, 100-mile-an-hour forehands. It's ridiculous. I mean... He looked so good. And Oliver Crawford, to his credit, he did everything possible. Like, he was, you could tell how much he cared about this moment. He really wanted to fight, to watch him and Riffis play next to, one, next to one another. Their relationship is real. That chemistry is real. They're the one doubles team, top two singles, the captains. I think this Florida team, you know, this loss hurts, but I, they're definitely going to bounce back exactly like they did last year after this advance. I think we're going to see them rip off a run in a talented SEC. But this North Carolina team, they just, I mean, Blumberg jumped on him. Seguin Riffis was a battle. But, I mean, the fact that Rinky, I mean, 4-4 four and four over Duarte Val. Brian Cernock, 1-1 one one over Inglitson, who hasn't looked good this indoors, but 1-1 one one at 5. The fun part for this Tar Heels team, you know, yes, doubles point in Blumberg feels like that's always going to be their first two. But they can get to four points so many different ways. And that's why, as we begin to preview this semifinal, Chris, I know I said in our preview podcast I was going to take uh, the Buckeyes to win this. I also said, A, I'm only doing that because I wanted to be different than you and Matt. And B, you know, I just wanted to be a little contra- you know, a little contrarian, but also because we're indoors. I think the North Carolina, I think yesterday we saw our eventual national indoor champion here with all due respect to the Buckeyes. And again, context matters. Now that we're in the moment, I can say confidently, Ohio State was our last match of the night. They were here till 10, 1030, emotional, physical match, 4-3 quarterfinal. UNC was off the court 4-0 in about an hour and a half. I don't know. I, I, I'm really leaning Tar Heels here. Tell me why I'm right or wrong. Well, I can't tell you you're wrong. They <laughs> just looked that good. I, you know, but again... Your job's to get the win and get the job done. Ohio State did it. Was it pretty? No. Did it take a long time? Sure. But look, I'm, anybody that ever wants to say for these guys, oh, they played two four hours and 45 minutes or three hours and they're going to be tired. Come on. These are like the fittest 20-year-old kids you're going to find so I don't playing mean, two days in a well, row. First of all, given the flu bug, as I'm trying to get that sentence out, um, yeah, people are sick, and I don't. You're right. It's not the physical; it's the mental. How many of these Ohio State Buckeyes are first-year starters? Trotter, Boulez, Kingsley. I mean, I know Boulez got not waxed. A, yeah waxed yesterday. <laughs> I was going to say whooped, but waxed seems a little better. Um, and you know, they're all new starters. Uh, Robert Cash, three-set match yesterday. He's a new starter. McNally was not happy after that boss match. I, he's going to come out fired up. But he's facing a buzzsaw in Will Blumberg, so it's like, does that even matter? I mean, Selig at four, of course, he will always bounce back. I don't think anyone's doubting that. I'm just saying, these Tar Heels have been around the block before. In fact, these Tar Heels beat Ohio State last year in the NCAA quarterfinals 4-2. They took the doubles point, getting wins at 2-3. and three, And then it was ultimately, um, I believe, Cernock over Martin Joyce, Blaine, uh, Bo Boyden over Alex Kobelt, and then Seguin with that three-set clincher that got, as you remember, quite intense uh, over McNally, 6-4 in the third. So again, no love lost between these two teams. But Ohio State, I mean, not Ohio State, excuse me, UNC, they've played these guys. They know these guys. They're not going to be intimidated by the Buckeyes in doubles. I think Wake Forest at first was. We saw Cash McNally jump out to an early break on court one. Uh, but, you know, it's Blumberg and Cernock jump out to early breaks. They'll, I know Cash and McNally are the number one team in the country, but Blumberg and Cernock is the best duo I think we've seen this weekend. Uh, I, I favor UNC in the doubles point, and then, you know, I just don't know. Last night it was hard for Ohio State to even find three singles wins. You, want, you think if they drop that doubles point, do I think they can find four against a, as talented of a team as UNC? No, I don't. Yeah, so I'm with you there. I don't think they, I don't think they can beat them in four singles matches. But if we want to make the case, and, and I'll be clear, 
I think North Carolina is winning this match, right? Mm-hmm. But if we, we should. if yeah. we want to make the case for Ohio State, I say, A, they have to take the doubles point. There's one. Okay, now let's start in the singles. Kyle Seelig, Josh Peck at four, a must win and a should win for Ohio State. Those two played last year. Kyle Seelig wins. Josh Peck indoors, big server, but uh, your typical kind of game style that you expect from the big, the big, tall, big serving guys is that if you can get the point going and get into the rally, it favors the ground guy. And Kyle Seelig looked so good off the ground yesterday, returns so well that honestly, I don't see how Peck beats him. I think Kyle Seelig is going to win that match. And that's a rematch from last year. Yeah, and where Seelig won. Now let's now let's go down to six. Okay, when you're if you're going to beat North Carolina, that's a spot you have to beat them at. So if you're gonna to try to beat them, I expect, based on the first two matches we've seen, I expect to see Simon Sondergaard again. Matt Kiger got beaten up in their first match against South Carolina at six. Sondergaard inserted yesterday. He didn't win, but he was darn he, close. He does very well. That's right. Yeah, he he had won the first set. And he was 5-4. And, yeah, like on serve, yeah. on serve in the second. No, I think he was serving for the match. Oh, was he serving? Okay. Yeah. And I expect to see Sondergaard again, but regardless... If that's a, if you want to beat them, that's a spot you have to win. Probably, I would assume we see Senior Robert Cash. Senior freshman lineup, I, yeah. I would assume we see Cash again, but I'll tell you, for those of us that were sitting down there on courts five and six watching that match, Ty Tucker was all over Robert Cash. After, I mean, the first set it was it was the tale of two cities. First set, Cash wins the set in a breaker. Everything from Tucker's fist bumps and yeah, it's going well. Gets absolutely destroyed. Six love in the second set. I didn't, wasn't even really there for that, so I go down in the third set, starting the third set, and now all of a sudden I'm seeing the Ty Tucker that's like, you know, in his way trying to tell, get Robert to do the things he wants him to do, but the way that he says, I'm like, oh my God, I would not want to be on the receiving end of what Ty's given Robert right now. I want to see what that pen cap looks like at the end of the Yeah, I just want like a before and after shot. Yeah. But so I assume we'll see, we'll still see Cash regardless, even though I think that's just the way Ty goes after his guys and gets them to play. So I think Cash, that's a match Cash has got to win. So now we've got doubles, we've got C League, we've by got the way, Cash. Robbie Cash, according to our friends at UTR, favored by .11. So that certainly wouldn't be an upset. Right. Yeah, I think it's a match they've got to win. So now the question is, where do they get the other match? I don't think Boulay is going to beat Hijikata. Hijikata has looked great. Two freshmen. Boulay has not looked great, so tough one. The way Will Blomberg's playing, I don't see as good as John McNally can be when he's on. I still don't see a way to beat Will Blumberg. It's going to be a big hitting match, yeah. by the way. So that gets us down to, all right, then we need either Kingsley over Sagan or Trotter over Cernok. I think either of those is, and by the way, possible. both could happen as well. Yeah. And under the circumstance, they don't win the doubles point. And I think, and I do think, yeah, if they don't win the doubles point, you say they've got to get the four singles, it's then I say it's everything points. except four uh, against One and three. against yeah. Blumberg and, and Rinky. Right, I think they have to get everything else. But yeah, I think that's, that's the so calculus, as you'd like to say. Yeah, so with that in mind, give me your pick. Uh, I still say, I do say that, I say Ohio State gets the matches uh, at... At six and uh, four, at four with C League, uh, it's man the doubles point. How do I mean? You've got the the number one team. I think, I think in doubles they still win on on court one. That court three battle, Kingsley, C League, Seguin, and Rinky. I mean, yeah, we finally we're finally going to see we're finally going to see Seguin and Rinky get Tested. get pushed. I mean, yeah, they've won six zero and six one in their two matches. Mm-hmm. Let's see them get pushed. Um, yeah, I, you know, watching these teams and the way Ohio State had to battle last night, your gut tells you you want to go, yeah, North Carolina 4-1. I think this is going to be super tight, but I'm still going to take the Tar Heels. But I think it's going to, I think we're going to see a 4-2, 4-3 match. I'll, I'll say, just because I want a tight match, I'm going to go 4-3 Tar Heels. I, I think we hit everything. My pick, oh, I mean, I took the Buckeyes before this tournament. Then you're in. No, you can't. Go, no, nope. there's no changing. Like uh, I was gonna make a you're political in. joke, but I won't. Mrs. Seelig, we're not letting we're not do. letting Alex back out on you no, now. I'm gonna flip flop. Oh. It's primary season. That's what we're all doing. I'll take the Tar Heels for two. I say they take the doubles, and then it's Will, it's Rinky, and then I'm gonna say the clinch comes from 
from Simon Sondergaard at six. I'm going to take him over Cash Senior over the freshman, but I think I may regret that choice still. If it goes 4-3 either way, it wouldn't shock me at all. All right, that's our second semifinal of the day. Let's now look at the top half. That, of course, is going to be our more surprising of the two sides as we had our biggest upset of the day to start the day, the University of Michigan Wolverines. I'll say it, my University of Michigan Wolverines knocking off the Texas Longhorns 4-2 after losing the doubles point. The Wolverines playing this match without Matthias Seymour, who I think was out with the flu or some sort of illness, playing it without Patrick Maloney, who's been out for the majority of the season, though I saw him here last night with Coach Steinberg trying to get a hit in. I mean... I guess we have to start with the doubles in this one because, you know, the lineup change for the Wolverines. Johnston, Styler slide up to one, and Andre Styler. You know, Blumberg's been the best player. Styler's been the biggest revelation. That guy can compete with and beat anyone in the country with how confident he is playing right now. They took a 6-4 decision over Siskard and Chi-Chi Huang. The team of Ito and Harper continued to uh, be as good as they've been, and obviously the Wolverines being down a player. It was Harrison Brown playing with Ryan Fu. Uh, they were valiant fight, but they lose that match 6-3. And it came down to court number two, where Andrew Fenty, Nick Beatty, took a break lead up 4-3 with Beatty to serve over Jacob Bullard and Elliot Spaziri. And then, you know, Beatty immediately gets broken back. They go to the breaker. The revelation for me, and ultimately Spaziri and Bullard take it 7-6, was A, how talented uh, of you know Elias Baziria's that forehand is massive, but B uh, and eventually we're going to see Andrew Fenty knocking out Yuya Ito. Andrew Fenty, even though he lost that double set, he was the best player on the court by a country mile. Like it was just the most impressive performance. And I mean, Beatty's playing confidently, but. I know we lost the doubles and it was deflated. We, Michigan, lost the doubles and it was deflating. But even after that loss, just the levels between the two teams, it was like, okay, maybe we do have a shot at the top two. Maybe I'm projecting a little bit now with some retrospect, but it was just, it was interesting. Yeah, I think when they lost that doubles point, look, we looked at each other and we like, uh, see ya. I mean, come on. You're, you don't no, come you're in right. and you don't, no, you don't beat Texas in four singles. You don't, and you don't beat Texas in four singles with what we thought was this Michigan lineup, right, with no Matthias Seymour. You're already outmanned with Seymour. Now you're without Seymour against this Texas lineup. And we should say, for Texas, Sam Waldy didn't play doubles. He was playing with one at, with Siskard at first. Uh, ultimately, uh, Waldy, uh, we saw him serving with a volunteer assistant Martin Joyce while the doubles was wrapping up. They gave him the clearance to play in singles. But you're right. I Actually, it, it didn't feel believable. But then the Wolverines came out. And took five for, or, and took four first sets, Chris, and they had Johnston fighting Wall Deep to take. It was up a break, I think, when those four first sets ended for the Wolverines. It, we talked about it on the broadcast. You always expect a team, as you said early on, to have that five, ten, fifteen minute push. And the good teams, they wear that push from the underdog, and then they bounce back and they take care of business. Michigan got a ten. 15, 20 minute push, particularly when at one singles, Ito served for that first set up 5-3 and Fenty broke him pretty easily, rattles off the next three games as well to take that 7-5 first set Michigan went on a 20 minute roll and then it didn't stop Yeah, I mean the the Wolverines made a huge push and and by far, by far the most, most shocking and impressive performance in singles for the Wolverines was Nick Beattie I mean, he, it, it he, was one one like like that. He was he he comes out and beats Elliot and Elliot Spaziri. This is a this is a court where we said we looked at it and said, oh my gosh, with Seymour pulled, Beatty has to slide up now and play Spaziri. And and we say that because Beatty's been so good this year that he's been a lock at five. And we go, oh now he's and and, and Texas, Johnson at three two. It was like oh, yeah, and right. Texas looks had looked to be you know they're super solid. They four dropped deep. the doubles point and still beat Florida. Yeah, four deep, they've been outstanding. And then it's always, ah, oh, we question who's playing five and six because is it Wong or is Wong not playing? Which in this case, they did not play Chi-Chi Wong. Uh, they play Jacob Bullard there and then Cleve Harper at six. But we're thinking, oh, now Beattie's got to slide up. And Beattie just dispatched Elliot Spaziri very quickly. And then as we see him later on, walk, I, I, I comment during one of, one of the, the later broadcasts for the match on, on court one that... 
that Beatty was walking around, you know, his yeah. chest is out. He's like, I'm the king yeah, here, oh, man. Absolutely. I mean, and he deserved to feel that way. What a what a match for him. I won't say the word, but it was thrown over his shoulder for sure as he was walking around this place. Uh, yeah, I mean, so Beatty made it one all fairly quickly. Andre Styler, who continues to look good. The Wolverines roll as he rolls. Gets a straight set win over Christian Siskard. That Fenty and Styler beat Ido and Siskard in straight sets at the top two positions. We said after doubles, if it's going to happen, it's going to be at the top four for Michigan. You know, five and six, Harrison Brown might have actually, you know, huge confidence boost for the Wolverines when he took that first set over Jacob Bullard 7-5 because at the time Johnson was down. So it felt like, okay, the Wolverines, we have four first sets, we're in this one. Credit to Ryan Fu as well, who stayed alive in that first set against Cleve Harper, was down a couple of breaks a couple of times um, and just kept fighting back. Uh, and so, you know, Michigan fought everywhere. But, you know, it was the performance of the top two, I think. And as you look at it now, they're going to take on a U.S. Well, I guess we'll, we'll get to that USC thing in a second. Let's wrap about Texas because, and I'm not trying to criticize Coach Bruce Burke. You make the choice that you think is best in the moment. But I really do think if he, and I don't know about Chi-Chi Wong's health, though he looked fine in the doubles. If you pull CM Waldy and you just move everyone up a spot. One, I think Spaziri has a much easier time against Connor Johnston because, you know, Connor's just not going to hurt him in the ways Beatty plays big. Johnston tries to take balls early, but the ground strokes just aren't as big. You know, for that, he wore down Waldeep. Waldeep has an injured uh, elbow, I think it is, and so Waldeep couldn't serve at the end because Connor just stayed alive. He did what you have to do when you're playing someone who's injured. Uh, but I think if Coach Burke just plays Chi-Chi Huang and goes Spaziri, Bullard, Huang, Harper, there's a chance Texas wins yesterday. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, that, that's one of those I look at. Again, coach has got to make that decision. We saw we saw Coach Burke run over to Waldeeb in the as doubles was coming close to a conclusion. Uh, what, we, we can only assume clearly what he told him was, hey, go hit some balls and, and, and see how it feels. Because right after that talk, Martin Joyce and Waldeeb ran over to the next so- the other side. We saw Waldeeb hitting serves at, you know, at best 50%, probably just testing that elbow. Must have given him the okay. But, you know, I say I would hope that it was Joyce's decision and not Waldeeb because there is no player, zero, that are going to come back to coach and go, can't go, coach, doesn't feel good. I don't care if it feels like crap. You're coming back going, I can do it, coach. Put me in, right? I want to play. And, he, you know, he ultimately he gets to play. And then, yeah, unfortunately, it was kind of an anticlimactic finish when we have to, when we have to see it end. Uh, down at that court, and we see Waldy by the end serving underhanded. Even prior to going to the underhand serve, just flicking the the, the serve in because he really couldn't make the, the arm motion. Uh, very very unfortunate. But you know you got to beat the guy in front of you, and that's what Michigan did. Yeah, and we talked about it a little bit uh, off mic, and we'll save this for a conversation after the tournament. But now this Michigan team wins over Columbia, wins over Texas, wins over Texas A&M, wins over, uh, who am I forgetting, they beat Ole Miss in the kickoff weekend. They've accumulated some stuff. They're certainly going to be a top eight team after this weekend. Now, whether they can sustain that come NCAAs, that's a question to ask. And they still get Seymour back. You know, they beat Texas without Matthias Seymour, who's been a rock for them at one doubles with Fenty, three singles as well. I... I, of course, I just moved out of Ann Arbor, right? And I'm not going to get to see this team. It's just, I, it's again, I, I killed Ruth. So that's what I deserve, I suppose. Uh, but what a performance from the Wolverines. And they're going to take on a team who looked as good as probably anyone but UNC thus far this tournament yesterday in USC, who knocked off Stanford 4-0. And it was funny because on day one, we saw two rematches from from uh, like the past two weeks in Baylor and Wake Forest. This time Wake wins. It was UNC South Carolina. UNC beat them 4-0 the first time pretty comfortably. This time USC USC meeting South Carolina gave them everything and more uh, in that 4-2 win for the Tar Heels. Uh, but today, you know, even without Brandon Holt, who they pulled from the lineup, he was just too sick to play. And it was, I think, the smart decision from Coach Macy, especially. You give him yesterday off, maybe even give him today off against the Wolverines, given how good the Trojans looked. And you might have him for Monday's final, whomever you may face should you get there. Uh, but the Trojans, they slide everyone up. And, you know, they have Jake Sands, Bradley Fry on their roster. Those are both top 125 ranked players right now in the ITA. 
everyone just moved up a spot. And for the, the fact that the Trojans still won the doubles point as comfortably as they did, and then got wins from Cookerman at two and one at one from Moore Bullis, who stepped up position one and two at three. It just shows how strong their top four are. Yeah, I, the the depth on this team is unbelievable, and I think you know, unfortunately for you, the fact that you killed Ruth. Was was more of a foreshadowing of what was happening today to your Wolverines. Uh, yeah, I don't. This this USC team. Oh no! Is that the final strike in the as, coffin? As, yeah. Oh no! As, as good as North Carolina has looked, as USC has looked equally impressive in the other half of the draw, and it's. I mean, heck, every everything from here on has to be gravy for Michigan. So why not you come out loose and go take a shot at these guys? But like you said, even without Brandon Holt, to th- how many teams in the country can come in, play a team like Stanford, who Stanford is a very good team, pull your number one guy and go, yeah, whatever, we and got this. Pull your easy. number one guy and take five first sets in singles, which is what the Trojans did. I agree with you. And Riley Smith, uh, really tough match with Alex Rothsart. That was the only set they dropped, and even he equated himself pretty well to that two singles court. Yeah. Their depth is their biggest strength. That I, We talked about it on our broadcast. I would watch them in Florida play 10 singles matches and then a doubles point to decide it. It would be that good. Um, you mentioned that Stanford team. I mean, I know USC got the better of them here. You you still like this Stanford team moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. Uh, against against USC, obviously when, when you're playing those guys, it's tough. Now, they didn't have Holt, so they're one, two. You would think... You'd like to think they've got an advantage at at least one of those spots, and indeed it did look like, had the match gone to completion, a very good chance that Alex Rotzer wins that match at two. He did win the first set. They were uh, on serve uh, in the second. Uh, But Axel Geller, unfortunately, I mean, you know, fell to how ridiculously good did the kooky monster, uh, (laughs) as we got to refer to him after we heard Deaton Bauman give the let's go kooky chant to him. So so sorry, Daniel, you are forever now the The kooky kooky monster. But but yeah, how good did he look? That that was crazy. But still, they they split there. But I love the the Geller-Rotzer combination uh, at one, two. Now, I mean, more Bullis just, I mean, he looked... He looked ridiculously good as well. Beat Shridhar up at, at three. I'm not sure that's gonna how strong a spot that's gonna be for them. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, those are obviously that's the question for this Stanford team is is three. How solid is three through six gonna be? I don't think they're solid enough to play with the USC's of the world. I think they played. They USC had already beaten them once. They play them indoors here. They beat them again fairly easily. They beat them six one the first time. I think you know they play 10 times we see that match nine or 10 times come out that way but okay let's get out of those power five right now uh those top five schools that we say are all that so good and and start playing everybody else and yeah i'm i'm fine with that stanford lineup against six down yeah i think you know i was really looking forward to watching that score line for michigan stanford tonight and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Stanford equates themselves against a Texas team that obviously has the depth in singles as their strength. I know they're all really young, uh, but top twos, that'll be fun battles as well. But just to see where those two teams are, because they're both equally young in their bottom, you know, three through six. Uh, so that will be a fun matchup. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, now we talk about semifinal number two, the Trojans advancing 4-0. Again, great performance for them. They enter the Pac-12 season as prohibitive favorites. Uh, they're going to take on this Michigan team, and as we mentioned earlier, we saw Matthias Seymour walking out of the bathroom. Does that mean he's playing? We don't know yet. Uh, but if he is either way, then you'll throw them in. It doesn't really matter because UTR-wise, I mean, it's all Trojans. And even let's assume that Brandon Holt doesn't play because, you know, and by the way, we talked to Coach Brett Macy of the Trojans yesterday on video. If you want to go check that out, you can find that at our website, crackedrackets.com, Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Um, but 
But there are multiple spots, even without Brandon Holt. And also, oh, I guess if you slide Seymour in, then there are no longer multiple spots. But I mean, favorites across the board right now for uh, the Trojans. And you look at it by UTR, only Andre Styler at two, if he plays Riley Smith, would be a favorite. And that's by .07. Everywhere else, the Trojans are favorites on UTR by at least .5. I mean, those are big gaps. So in terms of previewing this match calculus, I think we both agree Michigan has to take the doubles point. And both teams have been really good in doubles. So assuming we get Seymour, if we get Seymour Fenty, Styler, uh, and Johnston, and then Brown and uh, whomever he may play, Brown and Beatty, excuse me. Um, I think Michigan can compete there, certainly, so I, I, that's going to be a toss-up, but I mean, singles-wise, I just I don't see the... I know we said this about it yesterday in Texas, and sure, I do think Fenty and Styler can beat Quickerman and, and uh, Riley Smith on their best days, but like, Connor Johnson's not beating more bullets. Uh, Beatty, sure, maybe against Donstonish, the freshman, maybe. But like at well, five, it has it has to be right. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. There is there is zero chance five and six are, that are, five and six win. Yeah, five and six is even so deep. Yeah, even for without USC, Holt. without Holt. Yeah, well, they, without Holt and Cookerman. Yeah. I mean, they could pull them both. And five and six are still going to be such a big favorite against against Michigan. That so there's USC's. Five and six are virtual locks, and as as you mentioned, uh, more bullets. Uh, assuming there's no Brandon Holt, more bullets at three, a- almost a virtual lock over Connor Johnston. And there, you're done. The formula is set. It has to be doubles. It has to be Fenty. It has to be Styler, and it has to be Nick Beatty. That's the only match calculus that gets them a win today. Yeah, I agree with you, and so I don't even think we need to go any further. I think the path USC is pretty clear. They get doubles. They should feel good. I mean, they can win at any. Of the singles flights, give me your position. Uh, give me your prediction. You think the magic's running out for the Wolverines? Yeah, I, th- I think the magic has has run its course. I mean, they're clearly they're going to come out. They have been the loudest, most emotional team that we've seen from the get go. Obviously, other, oh. other teams have gotten into it as the match has gone on, and I think part of that comes from the fact that they come in with that. They feel like they're the underdogs. Everybody's picking against them. They were the 11 seed. So right from the get-go, it's important for them where some of these other schools, you know, it's not until maybe it starts getting tight that they get into it. They will be loud and emotional. But I think it's just going to be – it's it's just too much talent on the USC side today. Uh, I would I would like to see – just because I would like to see a little bit of some, some competitive spirit in the match, I'd like to see Michigan get the doubles point to at least keep any fleeting hope alive because I think there's zero hope if they lose doubles. Maybe, maybe they can they can pull off that doubles point. If, if they can pull off that doubles point, which I think is possible, then after that, maybe Styler. But I still – I'm going to go I, – I, I better get quiet because yeah, because now we, we have Andrew Fenty staring us in the face now. And that, so while he's watching Should the TCU, get on? while while the TCU guys are watching, four one Trojans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they get that doubles point, I really do think this could be one of those where we get the question answered again. You'll get your third data point, doubles point in two single sets or four single sets in the first and. Even if Michigan gets the doubles points, gets the first two single sets, they could lose four straight set matches, and it could be 4-1, and those other two matches could be going to a third. I've picked against them now the past, I think. Well, I picked them to beat Texas We did have them all over Texas them. Yeah, we picked, them, we picked against them yesterday. I'm smiling at the camera because Westhoff's going to use this clip. 4-3 Wolverines, go blue, baby. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't help it. No. Yeah, Trojans 4-2. Um, but, uh, I mean, yesterday was great because on the broadcast, I you know, I say as impartial as possible throughout it, soon as that headset came off, unleashed the biggest fist pump and roared directly at you, Chris. So, yeah, I, I think that's going to be a fun one. All right, those are our two semifinals. Real quickly, yesterday, TCU knocks off NC State. I believe that was 4-0 or 4-1. Baylor 4-0 over Wisconsin. A&M 4-0 or 4-1 over UCLA. I think Salokian closed at 6, yeah. so it might have been 4-1. 4-1, I think. And then Columbia loses the doubles point to South Carolina. Roar back in singles. I think that was a 4-1 or 4-2 win for the Lions. I mean, I know, I know Columbia won, yeah, 4-2. Uh, real quickly, Chris, you know, your 30-second thoughts on those matches, if anything. Uh, so yeah, my, my thoughts in general. Obviously, Baylor. We expected to see him get get the win over Wisconsin, so no surprise there. TCU. 
really, I expected them to beat NC State. NC State finally didn't, you know, first match they've shown this year, really, where they kind of gave us maybe what preseason we expected to see. They've been so good, not so good yesterday. The shocker of the day to me, the South Carolina-Columbia match. Uh, South Carolina looked, they got the doubles point. They started good in singles early, and then all of a sudden, midway through first sets, Columbia goes on a push. And, and the disappointing thing now for South Carolina, if you will, is they've lost two matches. I believe now they get to, they have to play Wisconsin. So have to play is well, funny. And when I say from a, most of the teams that come here, once you can't, once you can no longer win the title, what you're really after in the end is matches that are going to give you points towards your ranking at the end of the year. And now when you're going to go play Wisconsin, you don't get an opportunity to get any points uh, that are going to be, you know, you're looking for those top 20 wins, basically. Uh, and, um, you know, let's be honest, we all know that Wisconsin's not top 20. So from the from that standpoint, they don't get the opportunity to earn a top 20 win to help them come come ranking time at the end of the year. So so that's that's unfortunate for them. Now, and then the last match, A&M-UCLA, A&M, actually, you know, they look good. We kind of thought, momentum-wise, no Connor Hans, et cetera, et cetera, this is what we might see from UCLA, even though they looked tremendous the first day against Texas. Uh, but, yeah, I think kind of what we expected. I'm, I am looking in, even though it is a consolation, if you will, match this A&M-TCU Battle of the State of Texas. We're going to get that match first thing this morning. Match I'm looking forward to, to seeing. And on our broadcast courts all day, just to run you through that schedule, TCU, Texas A&M first. And to add to your point, I think we've seen TCU make the flip. I think we're about to see a really good run of tennis from them. That 4-2 loss in their first match really equated themselves well again uh, against the Trojans. Uh, and then yesterday to beat a solid uh, NC State team as comfortably as they did. It was after I think they dropped the doubles point. Maybe they didn't. I, I don't recall. That was on our other broadcast or our other playside courts. Uh, that's a good result for them. I, I am looking forward to watching them play A and M, particularly indoors. Uh, but yeah, it's going to go them first, then semifinal number one, Michigan taking on USC. Semifinal number two, North Carolina taking on Ohio State. And then our nightcap is going to be that South Carolina Wisconsin match. You can find the links for that and more on our website, crackedrackets.com. Shout out to uh, our friends at the ITA Ad Play site again for making this possible. It's been such a blast, and be sure to follow all of their content throughout this as well. Shout out to our super producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westoff, who continue to have an editing job to do. Two more days left on this trip, Chris, and then home stretch. I hope to find my voice before Monday's final so I can give you guys the passionate, uh, eloquent Alex you all deserve. I do want to remind you all real quickly, again, because we've been on the road, we've gotten so much great content. We launched a Patreon, and we're really excited about that Patreon content. Uh, it's going to be things such as written work, video podcasts, all of that, and the works. Uh, you can get early releases. You want to hear us swear on the podcast. You want to hear some of those violent out stories uh, that we don't like to share but what we're saying uh, you can subscribe for that find out thank you to all of you who have already so far we really appreciate that and uh, we look forward to continuing to create that patreon content shout out to our friends at Aerobar at diadem of course you know those promo codes crack 30 cr 50 respectively uh, four percentages off your orders and of course shout out to you chris uh, it's been a heck of a weekend and we've put up with all of my nonsense and more and i always appreciate that but so one last time for my wonderful co-host Chris Hallioris, for our super producers Max Fleeter, Daniel Westall, for our friends at Aerobar and Diadem, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Two more days to go here at the Division One Men's National Team Indoor Championships. For now, what do we tell people, Chris? I have no idea, Alex. I'm going to say, hey, great shot. Well, it's the break, but we can break Dang it down it. with a little dance into this music. Oh, here we go. around video. <laughs> Okay, that's the break. We will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.